You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Innovative thinker and action taker, arguably the best words to describe Wes Lambert, CEO of Restaurant and Catering Australia. His career journey is proof that if you apply yourself, offer unique ideas on improvement and commit to being the best you can, you will end up achieving what you want. In this episode, Wes explains his varied career paths and how he's viewed every opportunity as a chance to learn and develop more and how that keeps him motivated. So Wes, you mentioned in our previous episode that you are a good student. Does that mean you were a good worker in the early stages as well? Uh, I think so. So as I worked my way through hospitality and retail, uh, I excelled in those areas. Uh, I worked in hospitality as my first job and then the next few jobs uh, were in retail, actually selling clothes. Uh, and I was you know, often making number one salesperson. It's just that drive, again, keeping your eye on the prize. You know, it permeates throughout your entire personality. You know, I tried to elevate myself and tried to be industry best practice and being known for an outside the box thinker and not always doing things the way that industry had done things before. Can you give me an example of that? How did you do things that were different? Uh, so in, in my first uh, hospitality roles uh, after uni, uh, when I was transitioning from investment banking and restaurant capital uh, into the nightclub business, so when I was a, the marketing manager and then the GM uh, of a small to medium nightclub in Atlanta, I totally turned things around. They had typically been charging a very high cover charge and turning people away. And I said, look, you need to be more inclusive and open things up and charge slightly less to get in because you'll make it up at the bar and you'll certainly make it up by being busier. And it worked. And, you know, I very quickly went from being the marketing manager to the GM and then deciding hospitality as a career is what I wanted that time. And, you know, within a couple of years, I was poached from that business and uh, a couple of other gentlemen said, would you like to open a nightclub with us? So we opened uh, the largest nightclub in the U.S., 10,000 square meters in three buildings on 1.4 acres of land. So that outside the box thinking led to further opportunity. You mentioned during that time frame there that uh, when you're involved in nightclubs, you were often the marketing manager, you were doing the accounts, you were doing the HR departments, finance, reporting, dealing with staff. That's huge pressure and that leads to potential burnout. How did you cope in that environment when you were uh, a master of all trades? Well, I made sure to take a couple of days off a week. So Sundays and Mondays, uh, I did not work. And you know, that, that was what I chose to do because I knew that if I got into the habit of working seven days a week, that I would burn out and you know, that I would become unhealthy. And, and so it is very important to have a work-life balance and to try to stick to five days if you can. You're a non-executive director of the Council of Small Business and you're also the CEO of Restaurants and Catering Australia. You would be dealing with people day in, day out. What makes that great leader to you? And secondary question to that, are they born a leader or are they trainable as a leader? Listening to others uh, is how you stay a good leader and ensuring that uh, you get buy-in from those people around you, but also stay in. So listening to their feedback along the way, you know, there is some nature in it, but I would say that many of the traits of leadership are actually learned as you go. You make mistakes and you pick yourself up and you move forward and you get better based upon that experience. 
How do you just uproot your life, move to the other side of the world, if not another state, and know that it's the right move for you? What I would say is that um, you know, it's rooted in, in your early life. So my mother and I moved around a lot. I learned how to be more agile and how to you know, move from place to place. We didn't stay in the same town more than a year or two until I was in year nine. But what I would say is, you know, if you're a world wanderer, you're a world wanderer. I've lived in 36 cities in five countries in my life. And certainly what I would say is don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to branch out into the world. Look, you never know where you're going to find that opportunity or find happiness. It's really important to have an open mind and get out of your comfort zone because you only learn and you only grow when you're not comfortable. Throughout the course of this podcast series, we've been interviewing some amazing young chefs. They're all eyeing off an opportunity in the UK, the France or, uh, or the US to improve their skills. What's your advice around making some decisions on that and when they land at the airport that they maximise that opportunity and find the place that they need to be? What do they need to have in place before they even jump on a plane? We would encourage them to go to another capital city in Australia for that uh, chefing job or that uh, management job. But if they really want to go to another country, you just have to go into it with an open mind. You need to be ready to learn and understand that you don't know everything. And certainly in those environments, things are done differently. How you serve and how you do your job is slightly different depending upon where you are. In addition, techniques will be different. So things that you might have learned here as a skill or practice here will be different there and it doesn't make them wrong. It's just another skill to add to your repertoire. So tell me this, why for a young chef who does want to go and study overseas, why should they stay here? What can they learn in the Australian industry which is unique to us? Well, look, many people will say that Melbourne is the food capital of Australia and in some cases the world. Almost every cuisine under the sun is located in Melbourne and every other capital city has a very vibrant dining culture. And there's not necessarily a cuisine or a technique or a chef or a manager or a sommelier that you can't work under in Australia and get some amazing skills. So it's about balance and ensuring you know, that we're keeping that really highly skilled and highly motivated workforce here in Australia, but definitely getting around the world to get other skills and other experiences encouraged. Talk me through the process of becoming the CEO of a, a major organisation within this country. What effort and what work went into you getting that role? Uh, look, it's a lifetime. In order to represent an industry as large uh, as the restaurant, cafe, and catering segment of the accommodation food service industry, which is 55,000 businesses, you have to understand the pain points of those businesses. So you know, it, it is great that uh, I have an education in finance and, and have worked in a corporate um, setting, but also having that experience working in operations uh, and dealing with each department within a business. So I'm uniquely placed to understand both the 10,000 meter things, but also the one meter things off the ground uh, so that I can both advise business and temper their expectations, but also lobby local, state and federal governments and departments on what those businesses need because I have experience on exactly what's going on. Going back to our conversation about leadership before, you were mentioning what it takes to become a leader and good qualities and those sorts of things. You obviously have them in place because you don't become a CEO unless you've got that leadership ability. How do you handle the opinions and the wants of 55,000 restaurants, cafes, catering businesses, uh, but also tempering that against what you need to achieve as an organisation? How do you as a leader make sure that uh, you're trying to represent the whole? 
Well, what I would say is I'm glad we live in a democracy. Uh, and when you get 50.01%, that is the majority. And yes, there will always be pockets, as you said, of businesses within the hospitality industry that may not understand a decision or may not agree. But ultimately, it's about, you know, letting them know that, you know, hey, the majority of businesses within the industry want X, Y, or Z to happen. And so it's really important. I appreciate that you're different and I appreciate you do things different. It doesn't make it wrong. When it comes to advocating on behalf of the industry, it's really a majority thing. And it's, it's also about understanding that people are going to yell at you. If you get more praises in a day than you get criticisms, you know, you know you're going down the right path. But you have to take the criticisms on the chin. You have to be willing to listen to constructive feedback and, and you know, be willing to talk to people until you get to some consensus. So oftentimes it's easy just to fire people off and say, well, you know, we're not doing it your way. And they're disgruntled. The way I deal with things is I lean in. Someone's mad at me and, you know, they really want to dig in and they feel like their position is the position that the whole industry should have, then I really ask them, well, why do you feel so seriously about this? Why do you believe it should be this way? Change my mind so that I can change industry's mind if this really is something that we need to focus on. Look, we try to come to the decisions and the outcomes that will benefit the most uh, hospitality businesses, and that has worked so far. Wes, you're clearly passionate about your industry. What message would you like students to understand? What do you want them to know? What I would say is that you know, hospitality is one of the foundations of any civilization and any society. You know, people have been eating and drinking uh, in eating and drinking places for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years, if we could go back that far, at least thousands. And it's not going anywhere. So certainly it is a great place for you to start your career. It's a great place for you to learn so many skills that you can use throughout your entire life. It ultimately may be a great career for many of you. Wes Lambert, thank you very much for your time. Hospitality is a foundation of any civilization. As Wes says, people have been eating and drinking for thousands of years. That's exciting for young people entering the hospitality industry. It's vibrant, dynamic, and will always have a customer base. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production.